This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Views expressed here in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the station at staff management or news department. Okay, with that out of the way. Hi, <laughs> Mary McFadden from the Broome County Health Department. Good morning, Kathy White. How are you doing today? Are you doing well uh, directing our public health? I am. I love my job and I, you know, taking people's health, um, you know, trying to provide their uh, prevention, preventing disease and keeping people healthy is what I love to do and sometimes they're responsible for. It's an uphill battle, Mary. I mean, sometimes people just don't want to listen and don't want to do what they ought to do. It must be frustrating. it, It is frustrating, you know, because. People can get tired very quickly as we're yeah. seeing in COVID, you know, but unfortunately the virus is not getting tired. So yeah. we have to be still, you know, vigilant and diligent about the actions we take. Well, that's why I gave you a call and wanted you on the program again. I, I know people are tired of hearing about it and everything. I'm tired of talking about it. I, I have a stack of papers on my desk that start with day one. With the cases, the hospitalizations, the morbidities for all the counties in the southern tier that we, all the twin tiers actually that are our coverage areas for our five stations. And it's quite a substantial stack that won't stay under the paperweight anymore. Um, but the thing is, it's, it, We've learned a lot, but we've got all this new stuff continues to happen. And the comedians are making jokes about how we've just given up on even catchy names like Delta and Omicron and gone to B.A.32579 subtext QR. (laughs) What is going on with these these variants and subvariants and where people are going, oh, it's just the same as a common goal. What are we talking, how concerned should we be about all this nonsense and and our chances of getting sick and getting really sick? Great questions, Kathy. And, yes, the uh, variants are concerning in the fact that they continue to, um, you know, we see new ones all the time, and they're, for the most part, much more contagious than what we have originally seen. And, People really need to take advantage of protecting themselves the way that we've taught them and the way all the mitigation strategies that we have to do uh, protection now. Well, the thing is, you, you get you think you got a handle on the thing, and then you start getting numbers out from the CDC and such. The county-by-county county breakdown of the community trans, uh, risk of transmission map uh, for the past couple weeks, Broome has popped up, and Tioga also, and I want to say Shenango, no, Cortland, um, and Bradford County and Pennsylvania have popped up in the high risk for community transmission uh, of, of this stuff again. And people don't want to go back to wearing masks, and a lot of cases people aren't wearing masks. Broome is not right. mandating wearing masks, but it's highly recommended that people wear masks indoors because these subvariants are just so easily spread. That's absolutely right, Kathy, and thank you for, you know, a- acknowledging what we need to do in order to protect ourselves and 
others. You know, there's a lot of vulnerable adults and uh, children in our community, and that's what we have to think about is uh, evaluating our risk and then how we can protect others. Wearing masks when you're indoors and you're gathering with a lot of people in a public space um, and protecting those other vulnerable individuals that might be around you. And also getting vaccinated and making sure that you're up to date on your vaccinations. You know, there's the second booster that's now available for people older than 50 years old and those um, individuals age 12 and older who are moderately or severely immunocompromised. They may choose to have a second booster also. So it's really important that we know how we can protect ourselves. There, ha- I have a couple questions. First of all, how is our vaccine rate in Broome County? It seems the Southern Tier was was doing fairly well with people getting on board with vaccines. There weren't so many people that were so obstinate about it in our region as in other parts of the state. And the other question I had is, uh, we'll get to, so don't let me forget because I forget things, um, about who is eligible and when they're eligible for that booster because people got their original shot spread over quite a, a wide time period. So there's some right. people that got there were eligible for shots really early and went through the frustration of trying to, you know, be able to get in to get a shot. And then there's some that were, you know, just walked right in and got their shots. So first of all, how is our vaccination rate and how many people are still out there that we need to poke with a stick and say, come on, it's not just about you. It's about protecting other people around you. Exactly, Kathy. That's the message. Unfortunately, our vaccination rate for a complete vaccine series is only at 65% right now. Um, we are seeing the between ages 5 and 25, their vaccine rates are much lower than we'd like to see. Between the 5 and 11-year-olds, we're at a 28%. 12 to 17 is at 55%, and then the 18 to 25 is only at 46%. Um, and going beyond there, everybody is over 70%. So we really need our younger population to be vaccinated. And right now, they're the ones that are the ones that are getting sick. Before, I mean, we still have the high morbidity rate for the older population, but when we're looking at the county dashboard about the population that's getting sick, we're seeing those what you would consider normally young, healthy people, they're the ones that have the higher numbers of people getting sick with this thing. They do for the year to date. Um, Recently, uh, many people are getting breakthrough infections that might be over that age group, but for the most part, the majority of people year to date are the younger people who are getting the infections. It's just that those younger people might be interacting with older, vulnerable adults, and that's how this spreads, and that could be a severe situation for an older adult who's immune compromised. Do we still have the battle that we have with a lot of um, diseases and actually risk factors where the younger population, when we're talking teens to young 20s to even, you know, late 20s, that they feel quite invincible and they don't think that they are going to be fall ill or get in an accident or whatever because they're young and they, you know, do dumb things like we all did when we were young. Yes. <laughs> I have 
two uh, children in that in those age groups, and that's exactly how they represent themselves. Um, you know, you you do you feel healthy, you feel great all the time. So they're like mistakenly feeling that they're invincible, but um, there's always something that can even like the flu um, can take them off their game. So, you know, we know that um, one of the best achievements in public health has been vaccination for many different things, including the flu and now the coronavirus. So we really need to be educating um, all of all the ages in Broome County about the importance of getting vaccinated, especially for COVID at this time. The second booster. All right, get back to that because I actually remembered. Yes. All right. <laughs> the second booster, when... If you're like over 50, and when should you get that second booster? Is it six months after you got your original, your booster after the original shot? Um, it's actually for at least four months after your first booster dose. Okay. So that's, um, you know, we want to encourage people to make an appointment uh, with their physician, or we also have clinics here at the health department. We are going around uh, the community to many different places, um, and we would like people to sign up for these second booster clinics. And we will provide primary series and the first booster at that clinic as well. Here's another question that, because if you hear the the hoo-ha that's going on in Washington about coverage of things and stuff, when this whole thing was like wildfire, it was, you know, everything is free, everything's covered. Is it, are the boosters covered? Are, is there any out of pocket? Do I have to pay for COVID tests? Are there stuff that's changed now that I've got out of pocket expense if, uh, or my insurance, if I don't have insurance or if I do have insurance? Yeah, great question, Kathy. We are still giving away for free the home test kits here at the health department and uh, we encourage people to come and, and pick up as many as they need. And also, if you are a community-based organization, our Office of Emergency Services is providing them in bulk for free. As far as the immunizations, we do not charge for the uh, COVID-19 immunizations. Including the booster? Including the booster, yep. Okay, let's talk about those tests. Recently, I got sick. I mean... You know, I, I, it was amazing through this whole thing. I didn't even have so much as a sniffle. But back in February, I just felt really nasty. So, and I had uh, bought some home test kits, and I took the home test, and it was negative and everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kept my mask on and muscled through, but I kept my mask on because you know I didn't want to spread any kind of disease, whether it's COVID or not. And and got through it and everything. Well, then I'm starting to talk to people, and they said, "Well, you probably had COVID because." They can't rely on those home tests and they're useless and blah, blah, blah. How effective and how accurate are those home tests for people that are taking those things? I mean, we're hearing like with these these famous people, like the people in the White House that, uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're fine and everything is happy and they all of a sudden test positive and they're asymptomatic and the governor testing positive and not feeling sick. And uh, then Stephen Colbert, the TV guy, he had COVID and he thought he was over it. Now he's feeling sick again. So how accurate are these things? How effective are these things? And how much can we trust the home test kits 
if they tell us that we're negative or we're positive? Uh, they've come a long way, and they are very trustworthy in their diagnosis. And it's, you know, um, we get this question a lot, but you should have faith in using the home test kits and uh, the rapid test kits for a, diagnose, a positive diagnosis. And it's important that people let you guys know if... Exactly. I mean, it's, it's very easy. Like when I was getting ready to take the, my test, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to tell people if I, you know, and, and there's just kind of this little cloud hanging over the head. And when it came back negative, I went, whew, okay, I don't have to worry about it. But why, you know, people should not be afraid to let you guys know and get advice on what they should do if they do test positive? Yes, Kathy. We encourage anybody who has tested positive to report it on our online forum that we have. We have a survey that people would just plug information in and then they would get a automatic isolation and then an automatic release um, so that they can take it to their work or wherever they need to in case they need to get paid for it um, or proof of having the illness. So that's, we really want people to uh, use this system. If you don't have a computer or are unfamiliar with how to use an online system, you can call the Broome County Office for Aging, and they will help get you through it. We've learned so much over the past two years, including things that have changed for the length of the quarantine time and who you can contact and, you know, how long you're, you're, you would spread it. Even though it's still here, we shouldn't be as, as afraid, I think, as we had been back in March of 2020 when all this was just so new and we didn't know and it was so deadly what was going on with this thing. Yes. I mean, we have learned to live with this, but we've also uh, been able to, you know, know what mitigation strategies work. Um, Thankfully, we're not seeing, you know, the initial um, mortality that we did in the original strain and during Delta you know, these variants right now are a little bit more mild when it comes to mortality, but they, people, again, have to evaluate their risk status and those of them that they live with and are surrounded by in order to protect each other that the way that we should. We, we don't ever want to go back to being closed down again. Right. We want to be able to live freely and, um, you know, be able to go to places where we want to go, but to be responsible for your health and that of others is very important moving forward. And, and, and once again, the individual responsibility, its the onus is on the people, the individuals, to keep us from going back to that. Because, you know, we're still trying to work or dig our way back out of that hole from two years ago. So, you know, you, you're right. We don't need to go back that way. Right. And if anyone has any questions, they can contact their physician and get some advice on on uh, this whole thing. Is there some place that the health department can offer information as well? Sure. You can call the health, the Broome County Health Department. Our number is 607-778-2811. We are out of time. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Kathy. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up.